Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Today's episode, Tuesday, is with Jake Roy, noteworthy basketball collector, Penny Hardaway guy. I was at the SMU game on Saturday afternoon with SMU losing to Penny's Memphis team. I'm sitting there seeing Penny. He looks like a retired player. But then I looked over on the bench. I thought, oh, SMU's in trouble. Larry Brown, <laughs> I could see. So I, even without glasses across the court, we were about at the foul line, about halfway up in the lower bowl. I look over there. This guy it looked a lot like Larry Brown. I thought, oh my goodness, Larry Brown, former coach of SMU. And I think SMU got out coached, not by Penny, but maybe by Penny too. But uh, Penny's a, a great recruiter, uh, a great guy to collect. So we heard about that from Jake, but this was his origin story. And uh, We'll get to that, but thanks sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's the origin story for Jake Roy. I really enjoyed it. Welcome, Jake Roy. Really excited to be here, and a lot of my origin story really does tie back to you. So this is very exciting to be able to talk to the man that created the Beckett magazines, which I still use a lot. When I was a kid, there was a local sporting goods store that just opened, and they would offer you a free pack of 95, 96 hoops every time you went to the store. That was right by where I was spending my summer, and I went into the store and got a pack as often as they would let me. Uh, <laughs> then the next day, I'd go back in and do the same thing. That got me to ripping packs. I loved it. Then I started trading. So my brothers were there and a couple other kids were in the area. So we all would rip the packs. And my first trade deal, I don't think I got the better end of. I got a, a, a subset card of Jalen Rose, who was really big with the Fab Five at the time. My uh, older brother got a subset, the same subset card of John Starks and convinced me to trade the Jalen Rose for the John Starks, even though I didn't really want to. Because John Starks, even in that picture, looked like he was kind of like an old man, even though he wasn't. And I knew Jalen Rose was a young man that I, I recognized. Yeah, so that was my introduction into ripping packs and trading was with that 95 hoop set. So it, it holds a special part in my heart. But then throughout the 90s, the rest of the 90s, I continued collecting. Before that, my older brother was really into baseball and football. So he could give me some cards and I'd go to card shows with him and, and check things out. But then my own collection really started with those packs in 95. And then uh, after that, I would you know go to any department stores I could get to. And uh, find packs, retail packs usually, and rip those. And then there was a small hobby shop that was near us while we were growing up. So again, continue going through there and, and seeing the new products that would hit the shelves, Flare Showcase when it was new, or EX2001, and all those kind of designs. And that's what really got me excited to chase after some of those inserts. So then I started collecting the player that I really enjoyed, and then continued from there and just grew onward and upward. I'm trying to think. 95 was not very exciting, I think, compared to 96 or 97. Right. Yeah. The product you're, jumping in, you're, those. Getting, you're jumping in, you're getting your feet wet. You're coming off the end of the baseball strike, which was pretty yep. depressing for the mood of the whole industry. And so you got oriented then. And yep. then when did you really hit the ground running? Because the golden age of inserts for basketball is 97, 98, somewhere yep. in there. So were you rocking and rolling by then? Yeah, definitely. So at that point, my dad made it a pretty regular thing for us to get boxes to rip together, whether if we got a report card and we did well, or it was a birthday or you know Christmas or pretty much any excuse that he could find to get us a box of cards, he would get them for us. But he didn't just stick to the current releases. He would go back and get us like a box of 92 Ultra and stuff like that because he knew a lot of the rookies because he had helped my older brother collect. So he knew Shaq and Alonzo Mourning, but then also treated it as a way to educate us on some of the other guys. We could learn about Tom Gugliotta, Lafonso Ellis, and Billy Owens, and how they were really important prospects that didn't end up panning out as well as the, the other guys had. So he treated it as both entertainment for us, but also a little bit of education, which really helped me to 
want to dig into the back and learn more about some of those products I hadn't opened yet see what some of those might look like, even though we didn't have pictures of every card in the Beckett and we couldn't go online and see pictures very easily because you had to pay per picture on eBay at that point in time, which is a very different landscape than it is. I'm just reflecting because I was around in those days and the advice to a, a young person or a new collector to work your way back and go back five years before. Nowadays, that'd be pretty pricey because most product, you, you wouldn't be able to go out and buy boxes it'd be a multiple of what the current actually in some cases not, but depending on what it would be, that would be wise. But 95, 96, 97, that wouldn't be a good strategy, at least value wise. But it, right. like I said, education wise, it probably was, but yeah. So where were you in 97 and 98 then? Were you, were, were by that time, were you still getting boxes from your dad and were you still with hoops or were you moving up into <laughs> premium brands? Yeah, so we started moving into more premium stuff. My brothers and I had settled into our PC player. So I'm mainly a player collector at that point and still today. So my brother, it's the 90s and the Bulls are rocking everybody's world. So my brother was a big Bulls fan, Jordan, and he and I are about a year and a half apart. So a lot of sibling rivalry there. So I couldn't root for the same guy or the same team. So he picked Jordan and uh, through a lot of different avenues, I ended up picking Penny Hardaway. And they Not were bad. a great rivalry. Not right. Bad. Not a bad pick at that time. Back then, and we'd always bad. go through... Absolutely. Right, exactly. Value, they were pretty similar. Jordan was always higher than Penny, but it was just one notch below. It was always a fun competition between the two of us as to who could accumulate more and then see whose collection was worth more. And it didn't take too long for his to take off and mine was going in the opposite direction. But it didn't matter because I still enjoyed Penny and I would always have that little bit of a chip on my shoulder to try to argue with my brother about the best player. And of course, I always had to argue against it being Jordan just because I'd be right. <laughs> you lost on that one, Jake. But what part of the country were you in? Yeah, so in uh, uh, in New England, in New Hampshire is where I grew up. In the middle of nowhere for a lot of folks, but there's a very uh, fervent basketball club. So you're a Penny, a big Penny guy, right? So exactly. I, I just think we hold Michael Jordan way up there, obviously, right. coach status. Kobe is up there. But if Penny had not been injured and stayed mm. with Shaq and they just stay yep. in Orlando and build a dynasty around them and they stay for 15 years, how many championships would they have won? And where would oh, Penny yeah. be not injured and playing with Shaq? And I saw him play in his prime. He was amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely unbelievable. And so, yeah, and I think there's two ways we can look at that. One thing I look at is I look at a current player comp to Penny and how he played, but also some of the accolades. I think Luca has done a lot of what Penny did in his first three years, minus the trips to the championship. So if we're thinking about what people project Luca to do and what Penny, we could get into that topic. But if I'm looking at the NBA in the 90s and early 2000s, a healthy Shaq, a healthy Penny, both in Orlando, I'm looking at the 98 championship. I think that's probably, at least Orlando is going to be in it. I don't think that the Knicks would have any shot against the two of them. And then you go ahead and you look at some of those teams from the Nets and the Pacers and the Sixers. I think it's not unreasonable to think that Orlando could have gotten two or three championships with that nucleus staying healthy and staying together, okay, especially Penny. when you think after the Bulls. Let's not compare Penny to Jordan because he's you know, yep. a, a bit. Let's compare him to Kobe. Kobe's better mm -hmm. defensively. Kobe's Absolutely. probably a better scorer, shooter kind of a guy. Yep. But Penny was an awesome creator and passer, maybe too much at times of being passers. Mm -hmm. Who would Shaq rather have as a teammate? <laughs> right. Somebody that's going to pass him the ball? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of conversation about could Shaq's career have been even better? Obviously, LA is an incredible place to be as far as like the market, and the team, and the history there. But Jordan, when he went to Chicago, wasn't the number three team in the league at that time. And he created that Chicago market really for basketball. 
you have to wonder, could Shaq and Penny have created that in Orlando? And could Orlando be what Miami is in some cases now, uh, where people want to go there to enjoy all that all the Florida has to offer? Well, uh, who else do you collect besides Penny? And are you? Yeah, so if I'm, yeah. if I'm not getting Penny cards, so I have a pyramid that our friend Rob, the sports card therapist, created. So after Penny, it goes Iverson and Kevin Garnett. And then sometimes I'll dabble in Vince Carter. I'll get into Lamar Odom. Baron Davis and Michael Finley as well. But there's enough to keep me active <laughs> any day of the week. It's amazing. They're all similar age. Yes. Yep. Three or four years apart at most, I think. Right. Yep. Came in early. But you mentioned the first three you mentioned or first four are a lot of collected. But down here, people collect Finley. Who else do you have? Baron Davis was fun to watch. Oh, he sure was. The game, he could take over. Lamar Odom, he just, I think, just didn't have his act together in, in life. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing yep. talent. And Vince was great too. So you're picking some good guys, although the bang for your buck with Finley and Baron Davis, you could go pretty deep into their tough cards. Are you doing Yeah. This? You know, I tried to as much as possible. There are a couple other very passionate Michael Finley collectors, and we talk pretty regularly. And a lot of times, if I know they're going after a really rare card because Finley's their number one or number two PC, I'll back away and let them go after it. I don't want to bid them up. But if there's something that that I know they're not going for, they already have, it's all hands on deck for that. But recently, I got a patch of, of Finley from 0304 that's numbered three out of three. It's not the greatest patch in the world, but it is a number patch. And then one of the guys that's a Finley collector sent me a SIM card from the same set, but it's uh, lower numbered. It's it's numbered out of 52, but it's a better patch. So he's, I think that you need the better patch to go with your better number copy so there's always those nice moments of those rack packs coming into a lot of people have their big guy that their pc the the, the main guy that they have and i just was saying if, if you only have the one you're going to be in and out of a show sometimes not taking very long but if you have a longer list of people that you enjoy collecting i think it broadens your enjoyment so you're ratifying that but it does suggest that you're stuck in a time warp <laughs> so, I mean, there any yeah, definitely. Or are you just comparing Luca to Penny and and not collecting Luca? So I've got a tragic story with with Luca cards, but we don't, we don't need to delve into that. I enjoy LeBron. I enjoy Steph Curry. I think one of the things that I can look at my past and change my current trajectory is I spent a lot of time with my brother debating against Jordan rather than enjoying Jordan at his peak. And that's one of the things that I look back at when he had his final game with the Wizards playing against the Sixers. And I said, I really wish I had enjoyed those moments a little bit more. And I can go back and watch the replays, but it's, it's a lot more fun to be in it. I, I take that lesson and I move forward and I try to really enjoy some of the contemporaries and, and what they're doing and, and the marks that they're making as they're making them in history. Um, but it also makes it easy because my wife is a big Lakers fan. So holding on to a LeBron card because he's on the Lakers makes it easy. She's also, ever since college, been a big Steph Curry fan. So de facto, she likes the Warriors now. So if I pull a Steph Curry card, she goes, you better not sell that. And actually, I found in my commons bin, I had pulled a uh, prism silver of Jordan Poole and just put it over there and didn't really care too much about it. I showed it to her. I said, oh, look what I found. She goes, so you're keeping that now. Right. Sure. I'll, I'll hang on to that. So she keeps me into the modern guys. So what games do you get to go to? Are you just watching on TV? Are you, are you still in New Hampshire or what? Yeah, so we're in Massachusetts now. So actually for her birthday, and not many guys are lucky enough to say that they can do this for their wife's birthday, but I took her to a game that was Celtics when the uh, Warriors came to town. So we don't go very often. It is a bit of a trip for us to go to Boston and figure out who's going to watch the kids and whatnot. But we have a reminder every time the Warriors are playing, it pops up on our screen on the TV. The one that's debating whether or not we should be watching the basketball game, and, and she's the one trying to convince me, let's watch another Warriors game. So I really don't want to watch the Warriors play against the Clippers tonight, but uh, sometimes I lose that argument. I've got a card wall of fame. Your wife may go into the wife 
card hall of fame if she said <laughs> you get to give her she's pretty great for her birthday is that awesome or what i hope people aren't uh, eating their hearts out or maybe because you can't do that for your wife if she doesn't want to go to the game that's not a present <laughs> uh, but if she does yeah, funny i Give your I wife an extra it. hug. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I always say to Chris and Christina, they have a relationship that make a lot of people jealous. But then sometimes we have to look at our own and, and realize that okay. there's a lot of uh, positive star own. So well, plus they're working together. I think that's an additional tricky thing. They're both really sharp sure. and, and have a lot of passion for the hobby for the industry. absolutely. That's great. What are your collecting goals? Are you getting close to completing, or is this a never-ending quest? Probably a never-ending quest, and I and I think I've set my goals to be very lofty, and with the intent of it being a lifelong quest. So when I started collecting penny as a kid, my goal was to have the best penny collection that the world ever seen. I couldn't be the best basketball player that the world ever seen, but maybe I could collect basketball cards. So there's a lot of great penny collectors. So I'm a completionist at heart, and what I really want is one copy of each of his cards from his playing years with the magic there's some incredibly rare ones think of the pmgs and legacies and all those great 90s parallels but if that wasn't enough (laughs) i also want one copy of each insert set from the 90s because penny wasn't in every insert all the ones that he's not in i think it was 95 96 metal force there's no penny there's no jordan so maybe i need the Rodman or the barkley or the magic johnson Uh, yeah one of every insert and if penny's in there yeah that's interesting adam Gray, I don't know if I'm blowing the whistle on this, but he has a strategy of going after some of those insert sets in the oh, yeah. mid-late 90s when they specifically don't have Jordan because they haven't been run up yet. And yeah. if you go by the pack odds and the method of distribution, and they're beautiful cards. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I look forward to talking to you again. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man that-